Welcome to Marshall Mindset, where we delve into some of the leading minds in business, martial arts, and academia to find out what truly makes success in any field of life. We are the fight coaches who will motivate and inspire you to level up your game, no matter how big or scary your goals may be. So one of the things, uh, Michael, we're really interested in is martial mindset and uh, in particular resilience and how you develop resilience, basically. So from, from your experience, how would you say that, uh, I mean, obviously your experience is quite substantial and it's real world experience. When we're talking about building resilience to dealing with problems, what would you say would be the, the, the number of factors to start looking at? Start looking at that, basically, for, for ordinary individuals. So I think uh, one of the, we were just talking about this a, a little while ago. One of the things that really pushed me into uh, different zones was the, uh, the martial training. So we're, uh, we're, we're all interested in the martial training. And uh, until I did the, uh, the martial arts training, I'd had a little bit, you know, over the years, you know, as a kid, uh, working with guys and uh, then in, in the uh, SEAL teams. In the SEAL teams, we didn't actually have a specific uh, martial training program until I developed one. And, uh, I, you know, throughout my experiences, I would say, like, maybe about 12 years of experience in the SEAL teams, uh, combat experience in Panama. I'd had a little bit of experience, you know, JKD stuff, um, you know, different styles of kung fu, uh, karate, and stuff like that. But until I really went into the martial training, I didn't really awaken the real, you know, warrior within me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, one of the things that uh, I, would, I would say to someone do some type of martial training and uh, that martial training will start to awaken things within you like it did with me. Well, Michael, when you say that you really went to, went into uh, martial training, what do you mean specifically? Like what was the difference between your training then and before? The intensity of it. Like before it was just like, you know, maybe an hour or two with friends, you know, maybe every other week or sometimes uh, like when I did a cruise on a ship, we did martial training every day and that was a little bit better, but until you really get deep into it. And I mean, like it becomes part of your, your, all your reality. Mm -hmm. I did like, uh, like I was telling you 10 hours a day for 30 days straight. Yeah. And, uh, that really pushed me into these zones. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that the average person would have access to a program like that, but I think if you really want to go into these deep levels, you have to find something that's going to push you, really push you into these different zones. And I think the intensity is something that really, you know, helps a lot. Mm -hmm. If you find a martial art that's uh, extremely intense, very offensive. And I found that the offensive uh, arts are the best. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are defensive, maybe that's something you want to start with. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. I would say, you know, go with the offensive right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, how would you say, because I've done a few videos discussing this, this issue of psychology and training martial arts generally. And one of the things that I've, I've tried to get across to people is that you've got to not only believe what you're doing, but you've got to prepare your mind for combat. So although this is a different type of combat because it's unarmed, it's you know, obviously civilian based in the street, but quite often when people are training martial arts, and I'm talking about the average person, they, they sort of go into a, a martial arts studio, dojo, queen, whatever you want to call it, and 
and they sort of switch off. They, they go on an autopilot and they don't sort of switch on to action. So, uh, you know, one of the things I was trying to explain in, in a couple of my videos was that you've got to, you've got to put your mind in a place where you're actually feeling a, a you're feeling a threat and you're, re you're responding accordingly. So you've got to have a sense of uh, a little bit of sense of anxiety. And I always try to say to people, if you're training, it's too comfortable, then maybe you're not preparing yourself for real combat because at the end of the day, you know, if you're dealing with someone in the street and he's angry and shouting and screaming in front of your face and he's gesticulating, you're going to have certain sort of emotional responses. And, you know, how would you say that, uh, you know, how do you, how would you advise people to deal with those emotional responses from your perspective? So one of the first things that we teach is, uh, and I teach now in my courses, is uh, how to have the offensive mindset. The offensive mindset has no fear, and uh, you're not, there's no defensive thought. Uh, Tony Blair has some really good stuff where he talks about the uh, training where he, you know, stops. He wants to stop action. So it, it kind of mm -hmm. like builds something within the mind. Uh, it's like, I, I call it the neuron groove. And I don't want to make the neuron groove a super highway in your mind. I want you to be like just a very offensive person. Now, offensive doesn't mean I, I'm, I, I'm like mean all the time or anything like that. It means that if I need to tap into something, I'm going to tap into it. So overcoming fear is the biggest thing that people can do. Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're talking about putting people into these uh, the situations, these combat situations, and that's perfect. So you want to start to uh, train the mind to overcome these things. I, I'm, I do security in a, in a casino and I deal with people uh, all the time that are, you know, very aggressive. And uh, I mean, people right up in my face, you know, pushing on me. You know, they're brave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're brave. <laughs> yeah, well, they're usually uh, intoxicated. So they're, you know. They're, they're, either, they're either brave or very, very stupid. Very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's kind of good training for me to you know, overcome, you know, you know, people being in, in your face and stuff like that and uh, just staying calm. So uh -huh. having that warrior calm, you know, there's no fear. Uh, you know, we've all trained and we know what to spot as far as like aggressive patterns with the, with the people that are wanting to you know, maybe mm -hmm. strike us or something like that. Yeah. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking, you know, my wide angle vision. I'm just uh, very calm. I breathe, you know, but got to breathe and mm -hmm. all these things open up the intuitive centers so the wide angle vision the calmness and the breath the breath mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the breath like the buddhist uh, all these different you know styles yoga styles stuff like that learning how to breathe you know and uh if if you're doing all that in a in a combat situation you're probably going to prevail uh 99 of the time but but pre pre that because we had another guest on our podcast and we were talking about switches you know the emotional switch of the action switch and so pre the confrontation situation basically i mean i i think you have to obviously you have to train to do that and it's very different in the military compared to civilians because you can obviously immerse yourself completely into an environment where you are trained to switch on and switch off. But for the ordinary individual that comes to a martial arts studio, maybe two, three times a week, I mean, how would you advise them to develop a, a, a switch basically where they can switch and engage? Well, as I said, engage a threat or to engage a situation that they need to uh, quite quickly. I mean, what would be, what would you say? I mean, cause this is pre, you know, the requirement to breathe and clear your mind and develop it and so on. 
Exactly. Uh, I think the biggest thing that, that I would say for people to come in uh, is to learn how to overcome these emotions, uh, to notice them as soon as they start to arise. Hmm. And uh, I think this is one of the strongest things that martial training teaches uh, to learn how to overcome these fears, uh, these emotional uh, challenges. And I would have people that in a, as SEALs that would go through my program that still had these fears, you know, deeply, deeply ingrained and learning how to, how to push them into those, those positions where they had to overcome those fears was, was challenging. How do you push like, people in that, uh, in that sense where they need to overcome those fears? So it starts out, you know, a one-on-one type situation. Uh, you, as, as an instructor, I just watch mm-hmm. for, for the, the, you know, the triggers. And, yeah. uh, and then I push people into those, those situations. So that's, that's the beauty of uh, having a really good uh, instructor, I believe. Uh, someone that can spot these triggers within someone mm-hmm. or in a group. And I, I can teach, you know, individual to a quick high level, or I can take, and, you know, like I said, 27 people at a time and, and train them mm-hmm. and see where the triggers are in each one of these people. Can I, so sorry, can I just, go ahead. Sorry, just jump in and ask you, so when you say triggers, are you talking about, uh, you know, s- psychological weaknesses yeah. potentially? So, That's I mean, could you give us an example? I mean, what would it be the way someone responds to a certain situation, the way they behave or what, what, what would that be? So it could be from the beginning, we start with verbal. So it could be a verbal, you know, confrontation where you're trying to get control of a situation and someone doesn't want to go with you. I mean, please, you know, deal with this all the time. So it's, it's their verbal trigger. So I want to find, you know, what it is within you uh, that, that causes you to like, you know, click, go angry. Right. Uh, so ang- anger or all these negative emotions. So you find where the negative emotions are that trigger people and you help them overcome that. So if, if I say that, you know, for instance, your mother, blah, 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 you know, uh, and that, that triggers you, it shouldn't trigger you, you know, yeah. nothing should trigger yeah. you, you know, on a, on a verbal level. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like I said, I have people that yell at me and, you know, say ugly things to me all the time. It does not trigger me at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're just words. So you need to understand words and how words affect your physical body, they, they actually do. So once you, once you find what it is that, boom, that, that triggers you, you know, emotionally to go into a negative state, because these negative states, these negative emotional states, you know, affect your ability to handle situations, not only in a mental capacity, but also in a physical capacity. So if you're a very offensive person, you know, you, it doesn't matter what someone says to you, or how close they, they get to you, or any of these things, you still will be able to handle your situation. This is where I want to. This is where I want to push you. So it starts with the verbal, you know, cues, and then we move to the physical cues, and then we go from there. We just expand. It could be one person that attacks you, and then it's two people, then it's three. So we continually, you know, push the person, mm-hmm. and and find more and more triggers, and help them overcome those triggers. So all of us have triggers, you know, we just have to learn what they are. And uh, as you feel these emotions rise within you, then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting triggered. So I need to like, not suppress it, but let it go through you. Mm. So uh, the, the fear and stuff like that, people say fear is a, you know, a gift. 
I, I don't think fear is a gift. We, I've had discussions with people quite often. Fear is a, is, is a negative in any aspect you want to look at it. So do you really want to have a negative, you know, aspect within your system, within your, your thought processes, your neural linguistic processes, neurons, you know, neuro linguistic. So the brain linguistic words in the program. So how do words program your brain? So you want to program your brain with the positive things, the, the, the thought process that are going to help you overcome situations, not just in a combat situation, but also like, you know, in a business situation where someone, the same thing, words, you know, saying words to you like, oh, you're doing a terrible in your job or whatever. It doesn't trigger you, you know, you learn how it doesn't trigger you. So you start to overcome all these different things that block you. It's funny because uh, you would normally expect uh, like um, like so, some type of healer, uh, you know, addressing addressing these uh, subjects. But for all the listeners, like you guys need to go to the video and uh, see Michael. He's huge, right? And seeing like this huge guy talking about spirituality and uh, okay, managing your emotions, allowing your emotions to uh, to go through you and observing them. It's very very cool, right? And especially. I love the fact that you mentioned how important breathing is before you do anything, just to take a breath and breathe. Probably you're probably referring to abdominal breathing and just focus yeah. on your center, right? And my right. students, yeah. my students listening to uh, this podcast are freaking out because they tell them this stuff all the time. And <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, the one thing that really, I mean, it, I think it's quite important to, to get across is that issue of decision-making mm -hmm. because what you're saying, Michael, really essentially is these triggers are helping people, whether, I mean, it's a transferable skill, as, as you've just said, Michael, I mean, you can you look at it in a business environment, you can look at it in a martial arts or combative situation, but essentially it's decision-making. So the fact that you're managing your emotions, if you like, and, and uh, containing these triggers, it helps you make more effective decisions given the situation. So, you know, I mean, a classic example is you might have a young man who gets really angry and then, uh, you know, he's triggered and then all of a sudden he starts to, you know, hit, strike, punch the person and then just go literally crazy on the other person. That's a bad decision, but it could be an emotional decision. So, you know, I, I think the key thing that that's a transferable skill from the martial art world, you know, and that's really what we're talking about to every other environment, being business, being one of them as well, is that. If you can control your emotions, then you've got this ability to make effective decisions. And, and uh, definitely from a work environment, that, that's something I think is you know, commendable, really. I mean, one thing to add to it, how do you view, because I know a lot of the more combative systems, and we were talking earlier about the, the spear system and so on, I'm sure you do this. How do you guys, uh, because they're very often based on surprise, the training of... Uh, because when you go to a martial arts school, a typical martial arts school, when they're learning self-defense, they're learning it in a situation where it doesn't go wrong. It's quite well scripted. And for example, uh, you know, they're told what's going, to, what's going to happen. The person's going to attack you with said punch, or right punch, and you're going to maybe block, intercept it and do this. But I know that a lot of my experiences of of working with a lot of combative instructors is that they do a lot of uh, ambush type work where it's surprise, it's chaotic, they don't know where the attacks are coming from. Uh, I mean, we were doing an exercise earlier this year where I was getting guys to do burpees, so they were completely exhausted 
and then I was giving them very strange scenarios which they couldn't control because obviously they were A, exhausted so they couldn't think and B, all of a sudden they had these variables that were not in their script basically and they just had to respond and deal with it. I mean, how do you think that type of training is effective for in a, in a civilian environment? Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's one of the things I think is uh, very important to continually stress. And uh, we would have uh, situations where we'd have uh, the guys like, you know, training every day for 10 hours a day, you know, 30 days straight. So eventually they get to the point where they're fighting for three minutes straight, everyone in the class. So you have 27 guys attacking you at the same time, you know, and these are, you know, big, heavy, hardcore seals. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we eventually get to the point where, you know, it's, it's very slow, very methodical, you know, the guys aren't throwing a punch as hard, but you know, as, as it progresses, you know, over the weeks, uh, they have to wear body armor, you know, because it, it, guys are really punching them hard. So they're, um, they're attacking. I mean, we're, we're doing like, you know, takeouts, like, you know, throat, you know, they're breaking necks and all kind of crazy stuff right to that point where, you know, well, he would have broke my neck if I hadn't, if he hadn't just pulled it right at the last point. So we're, we're pushing into these zones where it's life or death, you know, so you want to, simulate that the best you can and we do that in buds training as well you know in the very beginning like in hell week so these guys are like you know push to the ultimate limit so any kind of training that does that i think is very very effective and uh i when i was doing that it pushed me into different zones where i expanded my consciousness uh the wide angle vision i could take in stuff i knew where guys were in the room even though i couldn't see them behind me Mm. So uh, <clears throat> I think pushing like that expands you into these intuitive states. Mm. And uh, that's what really awoken, awakened me to the intuitive uh, abilities that I was able to go into. Uh, so, yeah, putting the scenarios where uh, we, we would do like prisoner takeouts uh, or uh, sentry takeouts, prisoner handling, stuff like that. But the prisoner takeout or the, the sentry takeout, the guy was like, like you're talking, walking, and they didn't know when the guys were going to come. Eventually, these guys started to know when the guys were coming to get them just before they hit. So we started teaching the guys, you have to go empty mind. Mm -hmm. Because if you focus what you're going to do, it projects. So guys would pick it up. You know, I mean, we're starting to push into these like crazy zones where people were starting to go beyond the physical. So that's when you push people very very hard in a physical realm they start to expand and i saw it over and over again i could see when a guy was like in the zone so we talked about the alpha brainwave states a lot so we say we tell them push into the zone alpha brainwave state why didn't go vision breathe you know and uh these guys started to do amazing things i mean they, all these guys were attacking them they could handle it it was like wow he's in the zone so we want to find these zones in our martial training, we're going to push people into these zones. How do, you, how do you um, inspire your, your students and how do you teach them to stay in the zone once they um, access this, when, once they learn to access, this, access it at will, how do you teach them to maintain it? That's good. So there's just like when you uh, meditate, <clears throat> you learn to meditate, you control your breathing, you get, it, get in these nice, comfortable states. You can be in that state when you fight, when people are like, you know, attacking you like crazy. You have to be. 
Exactly. Otherwise, you won't be able to handle it. You'll, you'll be taken out right away. So I can go into these states instantly, but it takes time to push people into these states. Okay. Oh, you got it. You got it. You feel it. You know, you can go there anytime. Just do it every time. So you, once, you, once you find it, you start to go there quicker and quicker yeah. and quicker. And you can do it with everything in your life. Any kind of any time you feel, oh, I, you feel tense or whatever. You know something's happening. You know maybe your boss is yelling at you, or mm -hmm. you, know, you have you have a work schedule. You have to. It's like you're you're stressed. Uh, I had these these stresses when I worked in the CIA. You know we had these time schedules we had to meet, and I just started to go into these different zones. I'd be like, I could see what I wanted to accomplish. I saw it in my mind. Mm -hmm. That's this is the time I have to be there. This is what I'm going to do. I just saw it. Yeah, just focus on that. So you learn to do that as well. If you have a you know a group of people attacking you all at once, you you visualize, okay, I can handle this. And yeah. if you think that you're going to not be able to handle it, then absolutely you won't instantly. It'll happen that quick. So, so I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry, I was gonna say, so would you say because I mean I was having a conversation with my with a group the other day and I was saying, look, you know, in a real confrontation, you don't have time to think. There's no thought process i mean good the idea is that when you're training if you train properly then your training will become quite intuitive your movement your ideas everything your reaction what you do is much more intuitive do you think uh because uh, you know what most people don't I, I think most people don't understand that haven't been in real confrontations is that it happens so quick and and i had this sort of uh division between a, a martial art a self-defense system of fighting. I always say there's the three different things. And where self-defense is concerned, what I'm learning to deal with is someone that's attacking, or what, I, what I'm learning to deal with, what I'm preparing my students for is that someone who's going to attack them by guile. You know, you're typically looking at a victim of crime, someone that's going to be robbed, uh, someone that's going to be lying in their bed at night and someone climbs through their window at the dead of night in their house, uh, someone who's driving down the road and they suddenly get pulled out of their car or, or what have you. You know, these types of attacks are very often by ambush uh, or, or guile, being that the person uses a, a con to get quite close to you. So you don't have time to think. You just have to deal with the situation quite quickly, which is very different, as I, most, as I say to most people, to a fight, for example, where, uh, you know, I don't know, you're going into the UFC or you're doing MMA or what have you, you know, you've got six weeks to prepare for that. You know who your opponent is. You can, you know, you can watch tapes of them. You can, you know, that's a very different uh, situation that you're learning to deal with. And that's a distinction what I often say between self-defense and, and so on. So would you say, and this is what really hits me more, there's much more of an intuitive ability required in a situation where you can't think, such as a self-defense situation, in comparison to, say, a, you know, a staged, and when I say staged, I don't mean, you know, I mean, as an agreed fight, like a boxing match or a kickboxing match or what have you. No, you know, not those fake wrestling matches. <laughs> WWE style. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, that's very, that's awesome that, uh, that you're even talking about that because most people don't, uh, don't comprehend that at all. They, you know, they're, they're taught a certain way. Uh, I, see, I see this throughout every organization I've ever been, even the SEAL teams. You're taught a certain way, you expect to do it this way, and you don't want to, you know, have anything else, you know, that comes into conflict with the way you've been taught and the way it's supposed to happen. But how often does it not happen that way? It's just like, that's the way life is. 
So yeah, having that empty mind, learning to have that empty mind is like the most important thing. I think that's beautiful that you can teach someone. And that's the intuitive states, the empty mind where you can just take and process information on a level that you normally analytically could not. It's just impossible. Like, you know, 27 people attacking you at once. It's impossible for you to, you know, analytically determine, you know, this guy is going to come at me this way. and I'm going to strike him this way. And I'm going to take his head and do this and push it this way. You can't do it. So you have to be in that empty mind state. And I try and be in that state all the time. And one of the things that I do is just, uh, you know, just calm myself and just try and empty my mind uh, so that there's no thought. And uh, that's kind of like the, the Buddhists do that a lot too, that, you know, walking the razor's edge. And we used to say that a lot in the SEAL teams, you got to walk the razor's edge, you know, so... <laughs> It, so, it, it's very important to be able to be in those, those states of consciousness. And uh, So, Michael, do you also think that acceptance is something as well? I mean, for example, if you say to someone, look, you know, someone's going to attack you in the street. They're probably going to hit you, right? It's going to happen, but you're going to deal with the situation and push on, as opposed to teaching someone who never thinks that they're going to ever be hit or touched. And then, I mean, I've seen that. I, saw, I, I had, I had a, a good friend who was a very experienced martial artist. I watched him get into a confrontation and he got, you know, someone landed a punch on him and it was sheer shock on his face. It was, the guys hit me. That, that never happened in the gym. And all of a sudden someone's hit me. And obviously right. everything just went out the window because he was in just the sheer sort of shock of actually this wasn't supposed to happen. So, I mean, I always say to people, look, you know, want for a better word, shit happens, deal with it. You know, nothing goes to plan. And if you accept that nothing goes to plan, you can have that empty mind in terms of dealing with a confrontation because you accept that it's going to go bad and you're going to deal with it. You're going to prevail because that's where the, would you say that's where the, the intuition or intuitive nature would also extend to? Or my yes, extent? definitely. So, it, I mean, we've all got these stories of, of people that have been in these confrontations where they had, like you said, incredible, you know, background experience, and then something just didn't go right and they just folded. Um, so having, having the ability to, uh, you know, handle any kind of situation, no matter what it is, uh, and, and keeping your focus, uh, it, it takes, it takes concentration to be able to do that. You have to do it over and over again. So, you know, I've been in situ. I mean, you can imagine I've been in situations that were uh, unbelievable in combat. You know, combat, con combat rack countries, where everybody, where people are dying around me all the time. You, my my best friends. So I just kept that warrior calm. You know, that that sense of that sense of purpose, that sense of focus, uh, and uh, I was able to prevail. And for many many years, for I think uh, I was in combat situations, pretty much most of ten years going on 11 years where I was just day in and day out. Uh, I come home for like a few weeks, you know, a month at a time and they go back, you know, two to three months and I come home, you know, so I was just, at first it was like just overwhelming. It's like, you know, weary on the soul, but I just learned how to just like relax through it. Like we're talking about and, and start to push myself into these, these different zones, the, uh, the warrior calm. Mm -hmm. So the combat obviously is going to like, you know, you know, up the intensity, it's going to, you're, you're going to, you know, find these, this, these things much more rapidly than you would if you're just like, you know, going to the gym 
working out for, you know, maybe once, once a week for an hour or two at a time, mm -hmm. you have to find where it's, where you're going to find the intensity. So the, the multiple days, multiple, multiple hours of training really, you know, makes a difference with a good teacher. Cause yeah. I can push someone very rapid, very, very rapidly in a, in a few days time. And I, I just had this discussion with some, some guys that were, you know, MMA fighters that have been training for 10 years. And they're like, uh, you're going to get people hurt, you know, doing that, you know, you, don't, you can't train somebody that quickly. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's amazing. You know? So, uh, I, I used to have that mentality too. You know, I had a few different, you know, martial arts skills that, uh, pretty intense, you know, the JKD stuff. I'm like, I got JKD. It was, it's like the best there is. There's nothing else can beat me, you know? And then, yeah. you know, in a situation where someone did, you know, and so I was like, wow. Okay. So I need to, you know, open my mind and and realize there's a lot of things that can happen uh mm -hmm. that i'm not trained for so i have to be able to you know handle in a situation I, and then once i took that mentality everything changed so all those guys that are out there like my kung fu is better than your kung fu oh, I, I was like yeah you're you got a ways to go uh so you need but it doesn't it can happen very quickly just this video right here that if if guys like that <laughs> like if I was used to be that guy. If I saw something like this, I'd be like, wow, I, I need to change my thought processes. So, totally. yeah, I think, or they're yeah. probably just going to say, no, you haven't seen my Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, my Kung Fu is oh, the yeah. best. My Kung Fu is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laugh, I, you know, internally I laugh. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's sad to see that, but uh, you know, there are people that, a lot of people that have closed minds. So, uh, you, if you don't have the open mind to this kind of information, to this type of thought processes, uh, you're never going to reach your full potential. Yeah. And I just want to tie in a quick idea um, between what uh, you said, Mark, and uh, uh, also Michael. Um, I think that ties in very, very well with uh, the right mentality for business, because if you accept that things are not going to go your way and that you are going to fail, then um, just like, you know, accepting that you might get punched in the face and that you, that all your technique might go out the window because you panic, uh, that will enable you as well to go towards business with an empty mind and with lowering expectations and uh, just, just enjoying what you're doing and enjoying the moment and not taking, um, not being triggered by somebody saying, oh yeah, you know what? I'm not going to take your offer. I'm not going to buy your uh, offer today and stuff like that you're just going to be calling you're going to go through to the next one mm. well, that, well that also that builds on the issue of resilience again doesn't it yes because, yes i mean resilience is developed from failure and in, mm -hmm. in dealing with what goes wrong and then essentially rising above that and moving a stage further whether you're doing martial arts or whether you're in business or whether you're yes. studying no matter what you're doing in your life you've got to expect that sometimes it just doesn't you're gonna fail doesn't yeah, yeah you exactly. suffer. and you have to you know, one of the things, my observation, because look, I've been teaching now for 30 years. And one of the things I've noticed over the time of teaching is that the guys that come into the academy, uh, the talented ones that pick up the information really quickly are the guys that don't last, the ones that give up. And, and you know, I've come to the conclusion, and it's the, and it's the opposite tends to be true. The people that have to go through those failures of getting it wrong, trying harder, coming back, doing it again, getting it wrong, trying harder, or getting punched in the face, or whatever it was, you know, that adversity at that point in time. You know, those are the ones that seem, and this is only anecdotal because I haven't done any studies on this, but anecdotally, it seems to be those are the ones that are more resilient because 
the natural, the ones that acquire the information naturally, the talented ones, just they just don't stay. They yeah, just, I was definitely not a talent. Nor was I. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you. What, what about you, Michael? Yeah, that's, that's, those are good points too. Uh, I saw this in, uh, when I was a BUDS instructor. When I went through um, BUDS training, I was like, oh, I must be Superman, you know? So I had this, you know, high Forgive my ignorance. What is BUDS training? Okay, BUDS is basic underwater demolition seal training. So it's like the, the you know, uh, six month program where uh, you go through to become a Navy SEAL. Okay, great, great. Thank so you. I was in the, uh, the, the first phase of that where there's the Hell Week. And the Hell Week was, uh, I mean, you can't, no one, no one can train for that. I remember had some, I had some friends that had gone through and they were telling me, yeah, I, I could tell you, you know, how, how amazing it, how amazing it is, but until you experience this, you're never going to know. I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. So I, I'm like, I'm, I, but I'm going to crush it, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I know this athletic ability. And, and I was like, oh yeah, I've been training hard. I'm going to, I'm going to be good. And uh, so I got there and uh, it wasn't, it was, it was like they said, you, you can't, exp you can't explain it. You can't until you experience it. My, my so cow. when I came back as an instructor, just like you're talking about the guys, I would have guys that came in that were professional athletes. I mean, we had football players, we had baseball players that uh, I'm going to be a seal, you know, and they, they were very successful. We had uh, a lot of these guys come in. They, and I was like, these guys kind of crush it. You know, they look at them. They're amazing. They were the first to quit because just like you said, Everything had been easy for them. They were naturally gifted athletes that everything came easy for them. And then everyone gets pushed. Everyone gets pushed in that hell week. And you can see guys like, you know, crumble, like, they, like we're talking about, you know, get a punch. And then they're just like, whoa, what is that? I've never experienced that before. And then they're gone. I was like, wow, what is that? So it's an internal thing. So if you have that, that's incredible passion and drive for something that is what really gets you through the challenges through uh all the obstacles that that will come in your lifetime let's talk I mean, a bit about let's dive a bit deeper into that how do you prepare your students uh for for that moment where they feel that or they start asking themselves should i just quit should i just do something else or should i just keep going how, how do you prepare people to overcome that well, it's a lot of the, uh, the physical stuff we do, you know, we push them physically, but unless they really have it with, within them, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I try and motivate them. But you got You got to have the, you have the motivation, you know, this is what it's going to be like. It's going to be amazing. You're, uh, you know, level of, uh, of, uh, you know, having to really push yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, once you hit that, you have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and, and don't give up because other people have done this before you. Uh, but even all my words of encouragement, you know, we still have a 70 up to 70, 80% attrition rate in buds. So I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to find those, those people that have that deep internal drive, uh, just the amazing amount of drive that gets you through the unbelievable challenges in life, right. the ability to, uh, to overcome, to think through situations, uh, internally. So if you can't do it internally, uh, then you won't be able to do it externally. So it, you can see it, it happen. Uh, like I said, many, many guys that had just like incredible, you know, they were incredible physical specimens. I was like, God, this guy's going to crush it. It's, it's going to be so easy for him. Just like I thought, you know, for myself. But then I started to see, yeah, even the little guys, 
you know, the guys that, wow, how, what is this guy thinking? He's going to make it through this. And they're the guys that push through because yeah. they, they have the challenges. They, uh, they've had them throughout their lives and they keep, they know how to overcome challenges. So they keep pushing, keep pushing. Okay. I, I can, I just, I'm going to stay at a course. I'm going to keep pushing through this. I'm going to learn. My body's going to adapt. Uh, I'm going to have the right mindset. I'm just going to keep pushing. So that, that's the way I went in as well. I was like, I would rather die than not be a SEAL. I mean, it sounds like it sounds hokey, but I really did have that type of mentality. Uh, we know, we know how it is. We'd rather die than do something else as well. Like yeah, that. exactly. And, and having that kind of passion for something, I think is what, you know, manifests in your life. So you're not going to manifest these, these great business deals, these great, uh, you know, uh, overcome, you know, having the perfect, you know, partner, you're not going to manifest these things in your life. If you don't believe that you can do them one, and then two, if you don't, as the challenges come, if you don't constantly overcome them, it takes work, it takes work. You have to have the internal drive motivation to get through and accomplish things in life. I mean, I just, I mean, listening to listening to you, I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to sort of get to the bottom because you know, I'm a psychologist, right? Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, and my speciality of, uh, you know, we look at basically how the mind works in extreme mm. circumstances, usually. So, uh, in particular, hostage captivity, uh, hostage survival, basically. So, you know, I'm, I'm very big on, on triggers, as I was speaking earlier. And one of the things I was thinking was that you know some advice i was giving someone once was that you know when you're dealing with a, a very difficult situation you have to remind yourself what you are fighting for so uh you know because obviously given especially the extreme nature of special forces training uh because it's not just physical it's it's psychological as well you know how do you basically my question is but on the back of the trigger of reminding yourself what you're doing it because it's i think it's all very well for our listeners for us to say to our listeners you have to remind yourself why you're doing this you know you have to get the drive from inside you but a good trigger is to physically think i'm doing this because of this or this person or when times are hard and as i said you know my my speciality is looking at how people uh survive extreme uh times of captivity as part of my research actually um, so in particular where they're held hostage and they're enduring torture uh which is quite typical really of the type of stuff that i look at so how do i coach someone who's going to be working in a hostile environment that potentially maybe is going to be uh you know the run a risk of being kidnapped basically one of the things I'd always say is that in certain situations, you have to think, uh, you know, you know what you're doing. I mean, what, what, what would you, what would your advice be really? Uh, I've, I've been in like uh, many situations over my, over my life where uh, I was, I was at the point of, of, of death uh, for different, you know, different, different uh, situations where I was in combat, even in training. I, I would say that, the training that I went through was even more intense than combat. I, when I was literally in combat, I thought this is, this is pretty easy compared to what I've been through. So uh, I'll give you one example of uh, waterboarding. So I was actually uh, in a prison war camp situation where, um, you know, basically starred for like a week or so, uh, constantly beaten. Uh, and then 
uh, I saw, I could see people being waterboarded. The waterboard is basically where there's a plank that you lay on that's at, you know, your head is down here, your feet are up. Uh, they take water, they take a, like a rag and put it over your face and then pour water right here. So eventually you're going to, you know, have to take a breath. So when you take a breath, it, you know, you, you feel like you're drowning. So I, I watched people like completely freak out. I mean, it was like screaming. These are grown men, you know, like some of these, these guys were officers, you know. Uh, so it was, it was pretty, pretty dramatic to watch that happening. And uh, so I got chosen one night to go to the waterboard. Uh, so I was on the waterboard and it's just like, every, I was like, just like every situation I've been in, I'm just going to like relax through it and think through it and we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. So, uh, you know, tie me down, uh, put the rag on my face, started pouring, just held my breath. Uh, they went to get more water and I exhaled violently uh, and it created enough that I could suck in, suck air. I got a little water, but it's like, you know, having a regulator in my mouth, a leaky regulator. I was used to have a water in my mouth. So I just kept that up. They pour, they go to get more water. I would violently exhale, suck in real quick, and I get a little air. So it was good. I just kept it up. So they're, uh, they're like, you'd better start screaming or we're going to make it very bad for you. So I, uh, I started screaming and, uh, you know, just to make, make a nice show. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so uh later later when it was when all the training was over it was like you know a class of like 150 people a lot of these guys were air wing guys uh when they get shot down you get captured stuff like that but you know occasionally a seal will go through as well uh so there's another me and another seal in the class so they're uh they're debriefing us and they're like telling us all these different uh things that we'd gone through and this we if we said this this is what we mean so uh blah 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 so there's who was the guy that that broke the waterboard. So I'm, I'm like looking around, I'm like, well, who's that guy? I'd like to know who that guy is. And uh, so it, the guy in the front, he goes, one of you seals. So I looked over at my seal buddy. He looked at me, we're like, both like, huh? <laughs> was it you? And uh, he said, and they pointed at me, he goes, it was you. He says, uh, you know, once every 10 years, you know, we've had, you know, tens of thousands of people go through. We have usually one guy that breaks the waterboard. So for like 10 years later, after that, all these guys who were in this class would come and introduce their wives and their friends to me, this is the guy that broke the waterboard. But and I would like, oh God, you know, sorry, but you know, I can't really you know, divulge you know, what I do. So um, any kind of stressful situation that we, we get in, like, we're, like we've been talking about, I think that if you, you approach it with, you know, okay, let's see what happens. And uh, that's the way I've been with everything that's happened in my life in the combat situation where life or death situations, I could, I could go on and on with life or death situations, just many of them in my life. How did you, how did you guys escape from being captive? Uh, so this was kind of interesting. They had, they also had a, uh, a thing, they had a, a carrot where they would, they said that if you, um, you know, go through this one field, this, it was like a lot, it was like two miles of, going through forests and mountainous terrain and stuff like that. And uh, they said, if you got to this one, one spot and gave him, gave this guy the password, can you get a sandwich, peanut butter jelly sandwich? So that was my motivator. So we have to find a motivator. What something that motivates us. It could be as simple as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, I hadn't eaten in like, you know, a week and here I am Navy SEAL, you know, young guy. I'm like, my metabolism is like through the roof and I'm like, you know, losing, you know, pounds every day. I think I lost 20 pounds in like, uh, you know, this week long course. So, uh, 
that motivated me. So something has to motivate you. So I crawled, you know, my knees were bloody. I crawled and guys would come up. They'd like be standing like I was, I crawl into a bush and a guy would come up, you know, like one of the people that are like hunting us and uh, stood like right next to my hand. My hand is like in the bush and there's his foot right there. And I'm like, you know, very quiet. I'm invisible. I'm invisible. And, uh, you know, he walked away, but I made it to this place and I gave it the password. I was the first one there. Three or four guys come and we're all talking. Yeah, when are we going to get our peanut butter and jelly sandwich? You know, we're all excited for that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then we hear this truck drive up and then they're shooting and then they come in and grab us and put hoods on our faces and beat us and stuff like that. They take us to this camp. The whole time I'm thinking, at some point, they're going to give me that peanut butter jelly sandwich. You know? <laughs> they're waiting for us. So we, we, we get to the interrogation place and they're like, you know, uh, yes you guys are blind you know you guys are baby killers and blah 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 and you're gonna suffer so i i go into this little box where there's like a little little piece of wood that i set on and my hood's on and they throw this it's like a wooden box they throw the cover down and so i'm like god i'm not gonna get my peanut butter jelly sandwich so i had to have another motivator so my next motivator was i wonder if i can escape you know if i'll be able to escape through this so i'm like looking around i'm just finding you know, where, where my escape was. And the motivator was to, uh, if I can escape, I can help everybody, everybody else here. And it was the same thing with, with my businesses. It's like, why do I do business? It's, it's because I want to help people. And I think that's the biggest motivator as, as at, at some point, you know, when you're young, it's all about you. And then eventually when you expand, when you get a little bit more mature, you want to help other people. So Helping other people, I think, is the ultimate motivator and the thing that really pushed my skills to an incredible level and kept me going. So I did 24 years in the SEAL teams and 11 years in the CIA. The thing that kept me going was I'm helping other people, helping my country, helping other people, so forth. So. Awesome. That's so essentially, that, that is, that, that's the same, really, having visualizing basically having sort of a visual cue to motivate you really to keep you targeted and driven. Yeah. Well, you know, finding those motivators in our lives, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a goal. We talk about goals, but a, a goal doesn't really mean anything to me unless I have something where I'm going to, you know, um, you know, expand myself so that I can help other people. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, okay, what can I learn that's going to help me, to help other people and uh that's <laughs> that's that's the thing that keeps me motiv- motivated keeps me moving you know and keeps me going through all these challenges all these death-defying things that i've done throughout time you know helping other people staying alive so i could help other people <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and i i think like you're you're always going to be more uh you're, you're going to perform at, at a higher level when you have other people who are uh, involved who are the, when other people are depending on you maybe your kids maybe your family maybe um you know some close friends you're always going to over deliver when uh when you're in that case absolutely absolutely so awesome. yeah it could be your family and then it could be uh your community uh and then it could uh you know be the world so i i got to the point where i was like um I'm always trying to help the world, you know, I'm going to these countries and, and helping uh, fight terrorism because terrorism is bad for the world. I think uh, you've already helped the world with everybody listening in on how to break the water, waterboard. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah so that's, that's a technique. There you go. So, uh, people that get the waterboard from here on out are going to be able to break it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see once you're in those stressful situations how you handle it. So, yeah. But I, I've actually uh, trained, trained people how to overcome it, and they have. So it's, it's kind of fun. That's awesome. Wow. Awesome. So, do you, I mean, on that subject, I mean, overcoming the waterboard, is that do you have to be, I mean, because you're obviously still trained, so you do the underwater. Uh, there's an exercise where they play with your uh, mask and so on, isn't it? And then you do yeah. the. They yank it out and stuff like that. That's it. Now, yeah, when I was, a, I was a hard hat diver before I became a SEAL, and the hard hat diving training was even more intense than the, in the water aspect than the SEAL training was. So, um, so when I went through the SEAL training aspect of it, it was like so easy because I'd had to uh, do, do more intense things in the, uh, as a hard hat diver. So yeah, I've had a lot of experience. And when I was a little kid, I was just always a little, I was a fish in the water. So that was, you know, I, I had that motivation <laughs> at, I think four or five years old, I saw this movie called uh, a Frogman. It was an old World War II motivational you know, movie to, you know, a recruiting movie. So I saw that movie and I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to be. So, you know, for the next, you know, you know, 13 years until I was 18 when I, when I joined the Navy, that was my motivation. So sometimes these, uh, these things that we really, you know, focus on and want to materialize in our life take time. So uh, we, you know, don't, don't rush things is what I say. So, you know, the waterboard, you know, just, we're just gonna, gonna see how this works out. You know, my parachute doesn't open. Okay, what do I need to do? So I had the training, you know, pull the reserve, you know, do these movements and stuff, stuff like that. So, you know, you have all these, all these different things that are going to hit you in life. And if you, if you freak on it, like we talked about the, the fighters that are extremely well-trained and then something happens and they freak and they, they, they freeze up. That's what we have to learn how to overcome. So the waterboard, I mean, that's an extreme example, right? But I could tell you like where I was rolling down a street where people were trying to blow me up and blasts were going off and you know shells and stuff like that people shooting at the car and you know fortunately it was a it was an armored car so um i was able to push through that so you but if i'd froze then you know i wouldn't be here talking to you now and a lot of these different things and i've, I've heard stories and this was a thing that we taught in the hand-to-hand -hand course that i that i taught you have to overcome fear because fear will shut down your mind mm -hmm. so uh if if you shut if you have fear your mind's going to be shut down and, you know, I would have been screaming on the waterboard instead of breaking the waterboard. I would have like maybe not pulled my parachute because there have been instances where guys, you know, the chute didn't open and guys it turned in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and these are highly trained, you know, seals that are been trained, you know, what to do, but they freeze. I would just so, go like would, Tom Cruise and jump on the next person closest to me. <laughs> yeah, an extreme situation, you know. So we we have these examples in movies. So why can't we do I have a question. Like, as a trained seal, um, you could have written a book on basically anything, combat, something like uh, you know, surviving a uh, uh, with the water the water <laughs> breaking a water board, right? <laughs> What inspired you to write a book on intuition? That's a great question. So uh, again, what can I do? So throughout the SEAL teams, we're always trying to help each other. I would go to like shooting schools or what we call breaching schools where explosive, uh, you know, learning how to you know, blow open doors and or 
whatever I, I learned that I had more information than my, you know, my comrades, my, my SEAL teammates. So I would come back and I would teach them. And um, the thing that I learned the most out of all of the SEAL training, being in combat zones, being in the CIA, protecting people, the thing that really opened up to me that was the most valuable thing that I could share was the intuition. So um, if, I could, if I could share you know, intuition with more people, how could I do that? And that's through, you know, the book or speaking like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Lots of speaking engagements and stuff like that. So the intuition is the most valuable thing that anyone could learn to tap into because it's the highest state of consciousness. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to stay down in, in the fear states of consciousness that restrict you and keep you from achieving things in life or manifesting what you want to manifest in life? So why would you want to be in that state? So this, this talk of fear is a you know, motivator, fear is the gift and stuff like that is crazy to me. So the intuition is, is fear is here. Intuition is like, I can't even go high enough. It's just a consciousness state, like this empty mind that we're talking about. So you go into this empty mind and the intuitive start, you're like, I'm in the waterboard. I'm in this empty mind state. And I'm like, blow out. Suck in. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, I, I can, I, I mean, I watch people like suffer on that thing. And I was like, Oh, here's my turn. I'm going to suffer. But, uh, I kept that open mind. I'm like, you know, just work through things. And that's the way I've been with, uh, with challenges throughout my life. Uh, and if, if you have that type of state of consciousness, this, uh, intuitive state of consciousness, you do amazing, miraculous things. I've done it and I've seen it. It's just unbelievable. And, uh, the martial world is what actually opened this these abilities up for me so i can't talk enough about martial training so and let me ask you something um you know people i actually made a video on it people ask me when i when they join my school i give them a copy of my book and they always ask me like how did you write such a good book and the truth is like you know it's it's not that I wrote that I wrote it. It's just that like you tap in, and tell me if you had this experience yes. while, while yes. writing the book, you tap into something wider into right. that wisdom, that universal wisdom. And you just kind of channel the book and, and you just write it. Absolutely. You had this feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's when I, when I read the book now or, or people, people have read the book, have people that have read the book, you know, like, dozens of times and they're like you know send me passages that are in the book because that, that was amazing what you wrote and i'm like i wrote that Did I? Yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's that is amazing yeah so, but it wasn't me it was i did not write that yeah it came exactly through like you're talking about so i i'm very humble on that book i mean there's i mean it's still a a, a good seller uh, it's been out for uh, god it's eight years now so it's uh it's it's amazing you know i have I have another book in the works that's basically uh, a fiction type book. I think fiction is easier to convey these, this information, these thoughts uh, than, uh, you know, actual things or people, you know, look at me and say, Oh, you're Navy SEAL. Of course you can do that stuff. It's like, not all Navy SEALs do this. You know, it's not, yeah. not a given. You don't just like show up and uh, you, you get your intuitive badge, you know? So um, Michael, have you mentioned the title of your book? Because you've, you've mentioned it, but have you actually, for the viewers, really, you should really mention the title title of your book. Yes, yeah, the Intuitive Warrior. So um, it's uh, it's something that, like we're talking about it, it's how how can I share with people something that's going to like you know really expand them and and uh, ha- allow them to tap into the, th- the same things that you know you know 
helped save my life and helped save many, many, many lives for uh, many, many years. So it's, it's, it's very, it's an intriguing work. Uh, it's, it's still ongoing. I have more. I have another book that I've been Intuitive Warrior 2 that I'm getting ready to, to publish as well. So, yeah. Sounds brilliant. It really does. Awesome. Uh, it makes me think of the Peaceful Warrior movie, Dan Millman's book. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great series. I loved his work. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's inspirational. It was imp inspirational work for me. Yeah. Awesome. We'll definitely post a link in the description uh, where people can uh, uh, order your book. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I think we're probably getting ready to wrap it up. Um, I think we should ask the audience uh, if they've got any, any questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Michael, what, what is the number one? Um, actually, before, before you ask the question, please uh, share with everyone where can they get in touch with you and uh, book you for speaking engagements or um, you know, join your, um, your workshops, your seminars, or work with you personally? As you come to my uh, website, uh, unleashingintuition.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have links there and uh, you contact me through that website and, and find out about my courses. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely post the links as well. And um, if you could ask uh, our uh, audience one question, what would that be? I would ask, what is it that you think intuition is? And uh, I, get, I get all these different uh, answers for that. It's just amazing. Uh, and it kind of inspires me to, you know, relay this information in different ways. So when I, when I have people come to my courses now and I teach, you know, the two-day uh, intuition courses, uh, it's amazing the amount of information that they, they're able to take in. Uh, it's, uh, it's like I'm like taking a fire hose and like just shoveling it into your, you know, you know information. But yeah. that's because I help them tap into that intuitive state. Mm. So the intuitive states allows these, uh, this massive amount of information to come in. And it, it'll take sometimes years to process, you know, what, what exactly they, they received. And I still have people coming back, you know, um, I, I used to teach courses uh, over 10 years ago. Uh, and then I went into the CIA and started doing that kind of, kind of fell off that a little bit. And then now I'm back in it again. Uh, so they, uh, they're still coming back to me and are like, you know, your course, you know, changed my life, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it, it wasn't really what I taught is what, you know, I channeled to you so it's it's a it's a channeling process you you tap into something like you said uh that's greater mm -hmm. so being able to go into these uh higher states of consciousness and and bring in this information and allow yourself to uh overcome you know obstacles whatever they might be in your life uh you what you want to be an emt you know I've, I've i've helped people become you know emts their their learning processes and stuff like that so uh everything it, it allows you to, uh, to overcome any kind of obstacle and become, you know, the greatness that you can be. Everyone has greatness within them. Mm. And that's, uh, that's what, I'm, what I hope to achieve by, you know, relaying this intuitive work, helping Absolutely. people achieve greatness. Absolutely. And uh, we're happy to contribute to your journey. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I would strongly recommend anybody to follow this because uh, intuition and, and, and what you do, Michael, is absolutely brilliant. It really is. So, uh, you know, anything we can do to, to help and promote it, we're, we're only happy to do that. Yeah. So, guys, definitely get in touch with, uh, with Michael. And uh, if uh, Michael saved your life, please get in, back in touch with us and tell us uh, how much uh, 
this podcast contributed to that as well. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Michael, thank you so much for your time. And All right. Thank you, guys. It was a great conversation. I appreciate it. You're welcome.